Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Democrat and a Republican walk in the bar. Into the bar. <laughs> I am your Democrat, uh, Democratic host, Dr. Simi Banier, and I'm here with everybody. Sean Hartman, your Republican, uh, sharing sharing the live video. Sharing the live video. <laughs> Our Republican uh, Sean Hartman, and we are here at Ollie's Pub in Cape Coral. So we, have, we have an audience today. We have some folks coming in. That's great. And uh, come and beat the heat here. Grab a beer. I have a tropical pilsner, something. And I always, always have my Dr. Pepper. He's got a Dr. Pepper. And I just had the grilled cheese sandwich, of course. Oh, there you go. You got the sandwiches here. Really great. So come have some fun. I heard that uh, hot sauce karaoke is coming up next weekend. Oh, really? Again? Yeah. No, I'm not doing that. I don't. <laughs> it'll be fun to watch. I'll be though, fun. I'll sure. be going to watch for sure. Yeah. So thanks so much for hosting us here, Ollie's, and check them out for great live shows and fun events. Um, all all during the week, right? Oh yeah, the definitely weekends. all during the week during the weekends. Uh, definitely come out here and support your local small businesses. So good. So we have some special guests in the audience too. Sean's parents are here. <laughs> Shout out to them. And uh, his mom had a special request for us to dive into what's going on with our schools this week. Yeah, so school so, started last and week. I, and I want to give some context here. So so okay. my, my, my parents are here. Um, uh, my younger brother Zachary is actually uh, starting his first year or first year at FGCU. He's transferring over Psycho psychology major. So uh, they're moving him in. So they they're visiting, and I invited him over to to hassle me on the podcast. But um, no, my mom is a school teacher here or in Broward County. Um, so uh, this is something that of course directly affects her, and we often talk about. She's a Democrat, and I'm of course a Republican, but we have very good conversations. <laughs> Um, and we talk about this type I of stuff. Raised you to think for yourself. <laughs> she raised, she, she raised nice. me to see, think for myself. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, so she wanted to talk about a specific issue. I think you'd be better to. Well, yeah. And I have on. three school age kids. So yeah. I have two kids in elementary school and one kid in middle school. So. And I have zero kids that I know. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> So, so yeah, so uh, there was a series of legislation that came through the Florida legislature uh, this past session, uh, many of which um, changed the way that the schools would interact with the, the, the kids there. Um, so this includes things like parents need to give permission for their children to be called a nickname, uh, has to do with the ability of parents. It's part of the parents' rights yeah. is what mm. it was called, but very a lot of it was targeted against uh, LGBT students and things like that. So uh, that's really where the, you know, the the nickname thing comes in. But also we had heard from uh, Sean's mom here that there is some additional paperwork, a lot of bureaucracy happening mm. to kind of like cover up this, but <coughs> also to protect the school against some things and to make sure that parents are aware of where their students are mm -hmm. all the time, including individualized uh, permission for yeah. after school. So activities. any after school program for each individual uh event they have to get permission for each individual one so let's say for example you have a theater rehearsal and they want to change the time they need everyone's parents permission for that change of time for every single event uh which is Sounds just like a lot it's a lot of bureaucracy for for a, a party that talks about limited government and it's a lot of uh, uh stress mm. i would imagine on parents which yeah. i don't think is going to create i don't want to fill out any more shit yeah, I really exactly don't. Not you know who, who what parent wants to, and, and it's very stressful. I have eleven they, forms for each mm. one of my kids to fill out at the beginning of the year, <laughs> and then I'm just like, see, I'm glad I don't have children, and I know. 
but um, but no, it's um, I, I again I find it to be a lot of bureaucracy. Now again, this really falls on who said the parental rights bill, and obviously I do believe that parents should have the right to know what's going on with the, what their what their children are doing. But at the end of the day, you can get that with one permission slip when they do a clock. You don't need all of this each time. The other issue, though, that I think I'm shocked that no one has brought up is whether or not this is actually constitutional, because the First Amendment of the Constitution guarantees the right to peaceful assembly. So I can understand a parent uh, having the right to know what their children are doing, including extracurricular activities. I do not think they have the constitutional right to stop their children from assembling where they want to assemble. So I'm shocked that I haven't heard that argument, at least for the clubs. So I would say that probably not because children are minors and the parents control whether or not their children can. Minors still have constitutional rights, though. See, that's that's. I have a lot. I, I find it hard to believe that we're denying constitutional rights to people. Tinker versus Des Moines. Tinker versus Des Moines. I don't know what that is. So. Students have the right to wear armbands to protest yep. the Vietnam War. Oh, there you go. Symbol, but the school would not allow it. It did not take away from the education. Didn't, it wasn't disruptive. Therefore, the kids' rights of their First Amendment right held. Hmm. Mm. So, so Sean's mom, in case you didn't hear that, uh, just pointed out a Supreme Court case where you, she's a civics teacher, by the way, in case you haven't figured exactly. that out. <laughs> um, so she was talking about stu- uh, students um, protesting the Vietnam War. And even though it wasn't disruptive and they were found to uh, that violated not allowing the school, not allowing them to wear the armband violated their First Amendment. Right. To speak. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, but again, we're we're in some very like strange situations, I guess, because mm-hmm. the the whole intention of the uh parents bill of rights is so that parents know what's going on because the narrative has been that schools are doing things that parents don't know about which is not really true (laughs) like well i mean here's the other thing too i think children just just do things that parents don't know about and they're always going to do things that parents don't know about well there's a significant amount of disinformation and misinformation that's being shared about this for instance that your teacher can prescribe a hormone therapy for a child. That is not true. That has not happened. There are no cases related no, to that. Florida, at least. I don't know if they're outside. outside no, of the like a, 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 par- a parent, a guardian has to be the one who initiates mm-hmm. health care for their child. Teachers can recommend different types of health care. Like, for instance, uh, if you have a child who's ADHD or potentially on the spectrum, the, the teacher can recommend that child get treatment mm. or get testing for that. But the, the, Parent is the one that ultimately decides the care for the child in the case of a minor. Okay, Mm. so but I have seen this is frankly one of the reasons why Moms for Liberty has put out as part of their statement that healthcare does not belong at schools. It's because of the disinformation related to the idea that teachers are providing healthcare for children. Sean's mom will never make assumptions as to what healthcare. A child could need right. during a parent conference. They may ask the parent. Maybe it's time to have an updated uh, physical with the child's pediatrician, right. so you can talk about what's best for your child. Right. That's the the furthest that well, we official. Right. You know, so, what Sean's mom is saying is that the parent or ch- uh, teachers are not g- going to be able to do that. They don't yeah. go that. Well, they're far. not medical professionals either, but they yeah. Right. 
and that they may re make recommendations about a physical or something else, but that that's as far as they'll go. And that's been my experience in the mm -hmm. Lee County School District. Um, and it was my experience as a teacher, it was my experience as a, yeah. uh, a paraprofessional and other school districts around the country. Mm -hmm. So it, it's just, it's a fear that has been placed in part of the narrative mm -hmm. that is wound up, by the way, in policy that's now being implemented in the schools. And that's a problem for me. Yeah, no. Um, well, again, we've talked before already very early on about my position on the trans issue and the trans debate. And obviously this is sort of being used as a blanket to justify it. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end of the day, it's it's a stupid policy because it's, you're giving more paperwork to parents who are voters. Um, and we have two special elections that are coming up right now. I don't really think that parents, while they're filling those forms, are going to think too kindly about the Republicans who are implementing those policies. So fingers crossed, <laughs> my fingers not crossed for me. I'm hoping that that doesn't happen. I'm actually uh, working and coordinating with the state party to try to help those uh, special election campaigns. Which special elections are you talking about? There is one in um, the Miami area for Juan Barquin Fernandez's seat. And there's another in Osceola County where someone was appointed to a judgeship. So is that House District 107? I don't even, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. I just have a, <laughs> I, I have a candidate. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, my actually good my good friend Christina Lebo. Oh, okay. Yes, uh, she had I run for her. Congress. Yes, uh, I know. I know. She I, and I had uh, in 2022 <clears throat> split the uh, basically Collier County. So she was running for 23, I believe, which was oh. the eastern half of Collier County, and I was my seat was 2019, uh, which is the western half of Collier County. And so she and I did joint Collier events as well. We also both went to D.C. to protest. The overturning of uh, Dobbs, and I so got Roe, arrested. You mean, you mean the overturning of Roe v. Wade through Dobbs? Overturning of Roe v. Wade <laughs> Dobbs through Dobbs' decision, horseshit, Supreme Court nonsense, and mm -hmm. I got arrested uh, in um, in a in a act of civil disobedience uh, mm -hmm. when we were in the center of the intersection outside the Supreme mm -hmm. Court, and I was in the wheelchair and on the front page. Oh the yes, Wars. that's right. Yeah, that was when you were. <laughs> You were like still limping around because you injured your your leg. I broke my leg you, saving my you, daughter. Yeah, you. It was a pretty interesting story yeah. actually, but yeah, that yeah. was right in the middle of the campaign. Yeah, that made it super fun. Well, it's it a good hurricane. optic. It's a good optic for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Rolling around in a hurricane. Rolling around, they're arresting me. Yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah. I, so getting arrested was a was a big highlight of that. But anyway, so that was Christine and I. Christine um, <laughs> did it. She chose not to get elected uh, arrested during that. Um, <laughs> A black woman getting arrested that uh, is a little bit different yeah. optics for her campaign than it was for mine. Yeah, um, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, so I uh, but I rode that one, uh, rode that PR train. <laughs> that would have no, I mean, that would have worked for your side. I mean, of course, we would have anyway. Uh, but hey, listen, our congressman is a, tri a triple felon, so what you <laughs> gonna say? Was he was he actually convicted? Yes, okay, okay. and then he married a white lady, and magically it all went away. <laughs> 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 yes. No, yes. No I have receipts. No, Here's my opponent. <laughs> no. Anyway. no <laughs> That's right. Okay. So, all right. So, yeah. So, school, um, there's a lot of craziness, and I'm sure it's going to come on. It's, you know, we already have huge attrition in the state in terms of teachers leaving. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so this as well. Thousands of open positions. We are, uh, you know, almost at the, we're at the bottom of the nation in terms of teacher pay. Mm -hmm. um, and, 
teachers are leaving because they don't want to deal with this. They don't want to deal with the book bans. They don't want to deal with the parents, yeah. uh, you know, the, the small uh, vocal minority of moms to ban people who basically are astroturfing the campaigns. And I can tell you that for, for sure here in Lee County, because all those people who were going to the school board and advocating for this, the bathroom bills and all this other nonsense were not parents of Lee County school children. They were in fact older folks and oftentimes not from this area from Collier, from Bavard, from other areas. Um, and uh, I have some great TikToks on that We do have a lot well. of advocates from this area, too, who are parents as well. Uh, I mean, I well, know you them, had, but you're, you I Jada. I mean, I, and and, and uh, what's her name? Just on, the, on the school board. Got elected. Yeah, Jada got elected. And yeah. then... Uh, uh, what's the other lady that was fighting uh, with Jonathan Martin? Tara Jenner. The there you go, Tara right Jenner. Now. She's our vice chair of our party. Right oh, now. there you yeah. go. Yeah, there's <laughs> been several shouting matches on video between Yes, no, of there. course, but but yeah, yeah, first, yeah. Anyway, good times. So, <laughs> but they, but there's the vast majority of people that would show up were not Lee County parents. I, I mean, I, I don't, I stopped doing the school board stuff around 2016. It was just getting too exhausted. And I was involved very early on with the opt-out movement. Um, and With then, the defunding of our public schools? Oh, yeah, well, I yeah, think that was yeah. the inadvertent effect. But again, our, our issue. No, that's the actual intention. The charter school movement. Oh, the charter school movement. Yes, I am a big supporter of school school choice. Mm -hmm. which, yes, would have. Why a not? Why not allow public dollars to go into private coffers? Why not? <laughs> so, and actually, there was a there was a piece that came out in Mother Jones this week about mm -hmm. Erica Donald, Byron Donald's wife, and her potential to be a, sec a secretary of energy pick by Donald Trump. What? So, so, what? so Byron, wait, wait, hang on. And I love Byron. I love Erica to death. But what qualifies her? How is this not what different than Hunter Biden's her? qualifications for Burisma? Well, that's a great question. So her qualifications are because she's made millions of dollars over the past several years because of the legislation that her husband passed in the state legislature that allowed for widespread charter schools across the state of Florida. So she has subsequently opened she, the Optima do you Foundation. Mean Secretary of Education, not Energy. Secretary of Education. You said Energy. That's wow. why I was confused for a minute. I was like, Why would she? My bad. Education, education, I can understand. Yeah, she's been very involved. Education. Yeah. So education is the Optima Foundation, the Optima Ed, mm. and then one that's called like Charter School Change Networks or some other yeah. crap like that. Those three companies work together to set up charter schools around the state. So mm. the foundation is the one that takes pri uh, uh, donations to help schools pay her Optima Ed to set up the schools. And then the, the consulting and management company run the schools on behalf of it. So basically... Every time a voucher comes into a charter school set up by Erica Donald, the money goes to her foundation to set it up or her foundation to set it up or her company that sets it up or her company that manages it. Yeah. So we have two sort of two issues here. The first is the issue of potential corruption between mm -hmm. Erica Donald's connections to all these private school charter mm -hmm. school companies. And they take 11% in perpetuity, yeah. by the way. It's definitely, it's it's shady for sure. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not denying that it's shady, but there's also the issue of school choice. Now for me, the issue is I think that the the dollar should follow the student, not the school. Okay. And the reason for this, and for me personally, I went to a special needs school in high school through the McKay scholarship. Had I not had the McKay scholarship, I wouldn't have been able to go to that private school. And we can obviously talk about, okay, if we give more funding to public schools, they can have the resources to do all these things. That's a very fair argument. But the point is, is right now they don't. And I think that parents have the right, and children, students in particular, have a right, especially at the high school level, to decide what direction their education needs to go. 
Yep. So his parents um, supplemented the scholarship. Minus the McKay scholarship. Yeah. yeah. Not everybody, most people can't afford that. Right. Yeah, which is again yeah. why I support so, school choices in school. And school choice is a lovely concept. Mm. But in practice, however, it is unregulated. Yeah. Um they you can hire teachers that have no teaching certification. Oh. You do not have to abide by ADA. You do not have to provide 504 IEPs mm. for students. And not a lot Yeah, they're not accredited. And on top <laughs> of that, the vast majority of students enrolled in charter schools in the state of Florida as well as around the country perform behind public school mm. students because of all those factors. So, so this is why I would actually, I would support putting some regulations and strings attached to school vouchers for that reason. Um, I could absolutely- Did a Republican just yeah. say regulations? Yes, I know. I, I am for smart regulations, not excessive regulations. I just think- I do think that there is a problem within our party where we are so focused on deregulation is we want to deregulate everything without any any rhyme or reason and understanding why a regulation exists. If we have smart regulations that focus on, you know, protecting people, that's really where regulations need to be there. I mean, everything, you know, public, if you talk about public safety, you know, how do you keep public safety? It's through different types of regulations on, on behavior. So... Um, yeah. said, let the educators take care of education. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I well, yeah. yeah. No, we and I agree. With, I actually agree with that. I, I'm a big. I actually uh, my thesis paper for my issues in politics and economics was about the threats to academic freedom from these policies. I think that you know liberty uh, depends on an educated populace. I don't know the exact. Do you know the exact quote from Thomas Jefferson about education and liberty? No, but I'll look it up. <laughs> She's gonna look up this. There's a there's a quote from Thomas Jefferson that's really good on this topic, and and so I break from my party on this on this uh, sort of censorship issue when it comes to academic freedom. I don't think that we should not teach these things. I don't think it should be the only thing we teach, which I don't think it is. But again, I don't think we should be censoring people from learning different theories and learning different concepts. That's, that's just plain wrong. That's just like censorship of ideas. And we often talk about within the Republican Party having a marketplace of ideas, a free marketplace of ideas. Yeah. Censoring information and censoring education is not a free marketplace. I'm fascinated to learn about the free market of ideas in the Republican Party. There used to, it used to be a very big issue. And some Republicans still talk about it. But unfortunately, since that's the not free really... market is really not a thing that exists, and there are no free <laughs> ideas in the Republican Party, so the quote really is, interested yeah, yeah, to see how quote. that works. We got the quote. Our liberty depends on freedom of the press, and that cannot be limited by without being lost. No, no it's about education. Okay. No, wrong one. Liberty okay. and education. He has a quote on it. I so it is, right. So long story short, Sean is actually a Democrat, and uh, no, do not, do not, no, 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 no. I'm gonna get him fired. I'm gonna get him fired from the Republican Party. No, no God. <laughs> no, there are certain there are certain issues where I do break away from my. He doesn't party. love. He doesn't love choice. He doesn't love anti-LGBT legislation. No, no, I'm pro-life. You know, I'm pro-life. Personal choice. School choice. No, I am supportive of school choice, I said. Yes. Yeah. Schools should be locally controlled. 
I don't think that's it either. Never mind, Mom. I'll find it. It's actually, Sean could just be recalling a meme that was totally incorrect. <laughs> that's very <laughs> likely. Thomas Jefferson believed in liberty of property, which included enslaving people. So yeah, he owned you. Yeah. Anyway, including his own children. So what other things should we talk about um, here? So education going. By the way, let me just do one pitch before we move away from education and the bullshit that is school choice. Um, Please, please, please drive safely in school zones. Drive slowly. Do not pass school buses. Uh, Do not park on sidewalks. Uh, Do not come out and try and hit cars that are waiting in car line with with a chain, which is something I witnessed here. What? Yeah, the guy who lives across the street from my kid's school came out with a chain because he didn't like people standing in the line, in the car line, and he tried to ram them with his car. Fascinating. Don't do that. Let's, like, everybody take a deep breath and understand that back to school is a stressful time for Mm -hmm. teachers and parents and kids, and let's be safe because I am always heartbroken every single year when we have kids that are hit um, and maimed and killed at waiting for the school bus and things like that. So let's yeah. let's all just take a deep breath definitely. and get through this together. Well, yeah, no, definitely keep keep safe out there. I do know um, that you know that first week of school is kind of tends to be a public safety issue. So definitely be careful out there. Try to if you're not going through a school or needing to go to a school zone, try to stay away from. Yeah, like don't drive by the schools, guys. Just yeah. don't. That's really the simplest solution. Don't go I feel anywhere like anywhere near them. They're not. They're not like in in. They're not always in like places that you need to go. Right. Like, like take another route. Like, there's other ways to get around right. here. Okay. So, are there any other issues that you want to talk about? I mean, I'm I'm I don't know what you want to talk. Ooh, I want to talk about Monique World. I figured you'd want to talk <laughs> about Monique World. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't necessarily want to talk about it, but I figured. Oh, of course we you don't, because then we have to admit that Ron DeSantis is an authoritarian. Well, on yes, honestly, that's that's the reason why I don't want to talk about it. To be completely, he honest. hates when I'm right about the Republicans being authoritarian. So, I hate when Repu- <laughs> she's right about Republicans behaving in an authoritarian manner. I don't think the Republican Party is itself a pro-authoritarian party. Most people who show authoritarian tendencies vote Republican. That's a psychological fact. That that anyway, actually is. There which is your brother will find out as he studies. Yes, <laughs> the authority, yes there is a authoritarian so, personality. Yes, that's that. true. So, um, so Monique Rowell is a state attorney in mm. Florida. So she's elected state attorney. This is how it works. Both our uh, uh, defense counsel. Um, Public defender, public defender, the chief public defender in an area and the state attorney are elected positions. They are partisan positions in the state as well. So um, those folks are elected and then they serve and they basically are the leadership for the other public defenders and prosecutors below them in a particular um, county. Yeah. All right. Um, So Monique Wuerl was elected and kind of seemingly out of nowhere, removed from her post earlier or this week, this past week. Uh, for not following uh, regulations related to minimum sentencing and things mm. like that. Now, here's what, what I understand. There was no actual evidence that was put forth on this. This was more like a feeling based on public statements that she had made. Mm. And I really think it's a, just a diversion so that Ron DeSantis can double down on his uh, war yeah. on woke because his presidential campaign is in the shitter. <laughs> Probably, what we talked about last week, how... how um, you know, it's become a disaster with the DeSantis campaign. There was actually, he was at the Iowa State Fair and him and Kim Reynolds coming up and they were chanting, we want Trump, we want Trump. And I'm like, oof. So not a good thing. And then Trump comes to the Iowa State Fair with a bunch of Florida congressmen, including Donald's. Including so, Donald's. so he has his little Florida entourage to taunt Ron DeSantis. So 
it's it's it hasn't been good for Ron in his presidential run, and it's kind of disappointing. It's like how the mighty has fallen. Um, what I will say. Turns out not having a personality is a super big impediment on the presidential. <laughs> 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 Why everyone goes. Yeah. No. Um, and even, you know, people within our own party are, are thinking it's embarrassing and it kind of is. But anyway, he's uh, so no, he's so wide. He has he has those wide shoulders. Not tall, he's wide. <laughs> he talks with his hand and it's always like this. Anyway, so here's my I have two two thoughts with the state attorney thing. So Ew, so, I know what you're saying. Oh, you just, you know the, the thigh food comment. What? He likes thigh food. Oh, have you ever you heard this story? story? I don't I do want to know, know this story. I don't want to know this story. Okay, no. so here's the thigh food story. Okay. Oh, the thigh food story goes like this. Ron DeSantis is such a douchebag that when he was trying to date chicks in college. Oh, I do know this one. That he would purposefully <laughs> tell them that he wanted to go out for thigh food instead of thigh food, right? Mm -hmm. And if the woman corrected him, he would instantly dump her. Right. Because he never, he didn't want a woman that was going to correct him. Oh my god! Um. So yeah. So that's the that's the Wait, that's is, the true story. That is a parable. Well, actually, let's throw me on go with you. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and it's kind of gross. And yeah, he's a yeah, he's a so yeah. It just really demonstrates like the mentality that he has. And like, and really, can you just imagine being the chick that's not on a date with Ron DeSantis? You're like, did you just like, did you just say that? Like, <laughs> do, you, do you know what's thigh yeah. or tie or, and what a pathetic like, way to would, try and control and women, why would by you, the way. And why would you want to date a guy who's like that? Like, like. What, and by the way, does Casey DeSantis know that it's called Thai food? Ooh. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> so. <laughs> What were we talking about again? <laughs> uh, we were talking about what a douchebag Ron DeSantis is. Oh, I thought we were talking about political topics. Well, that is a political topic. It's That's why he's losing. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. all right. So, Monique Wuerl, uh, <coughs> much like Andrew Warren, who was similarly yeah. pulled from and his And then, post. not only that, so we had this two school board from Broward County. One of them is a family friend of ours, Patty Good was also removed from office. So I, mm -hmm. my position on this, I have two, two, two thoughts on this. The first is um, if the roles were reversed, it's not a good thing. And right. so that's where I look at it as a limited government conservative. The reason I want limited government, because even if our side has the power, at some point the roles can be reversed and then right. they would have the power. So let's say hypothetically 2026 and Azkamani beats Byron Donalds for governorship. Then she could, in what a theory, vision that is. I, well, they're the two people who I think are going to be the 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 people. Anyway, well, that's cool because that means that you don't think that Trump is going to win and Byron's going to be vice president. I don't actually, but that's that's a different story altogether. But anyway, I don't even think he's Byron's going to be picked for vice president because again, you can't have two people from the same state. We've discussed this multiple times. I don't know if that's true. That is true, Mom. Which amendment is that? Two. Now the top two ticket, they can't. There is an amendment that says that the, the state. Oh my god! The state, if a if a president and vice president are in the same state, the state electors cannot vote for that president potential ticket. So if it's a Trump Donald's ticket, Florida will not go red under any circumstances. Right, you're not well, it's it's a right. part of the Constitution, right. the Eleventh or Twelfth Amendment. There is a, a stipulation. It, this is why Dick Cheney had to move from Texas to Wyoming. It would be the Twelfth Amendment, but not the Mom, mom's doing the research on it. 
Anyway, it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter. Okay, so. When, I, when, you, when I'm right and you're wrong, I'm going to gloat. But anyway. So his mom's looking that up. But. <laughs> mom's a fact checker. So. <laughs> So we, well, here's the thing. Okay. okay. Here's so we're to, back to Andrew Warren and Monique Warren. So for this, so in theory, if you say we have Governor Eskamani or any Democratic governor wins in 2026, then they can, for example, take out Amira Fox and put in a Democratic progressive state attorney. They could take out Jada Langford Fleming, who we're talking about, put in, put in you as the school board if she wanted sure. to or they wanted to. So I have a problem with a governor having this power and authority to remove elected officials. Oh, yeah. With, with that being said, I actually don't think the state attorney should be an elected official because what we're talking about here with both Worrell and Warren is the issue of prosecutorial discretion, which mm -hmm. is actually protected by a Supreme Court ruling. Do not ask me what ruling it is. I forgot what it was, but there is a Supreme Court ruling that protects prosecutorial discretion. Mm -hmm. I personally don't think prosecutorial discretion should even be a thing, but... The point is, it is. And so how would we get them if they're not elected? So it would be the same way, and I know you wouldn't like this. Appointed? Appointed, yes. Appointed. So that would make it even more political. It would. It, and more authoritarian, frankly. Well, it would make it, would make it run by the, by the governor. It's the same way that the president does it. But again, my thinking of this is the judicial system has to be separate from the electoral and political process. Justice has to be blind in these situations. We and have the plenty of judges that are elected as well. I but disagree I with that, that too. I, I disagree think it's with a difficult that. thing because nobody knows really how they are because they th those are nonpartisan positions. You can, and you can't ask them certain questions. They'll use they'll use the judicial candidate. Yeah. So, and I also don't think judges should be elected either. Um, but that's that's my my thinking on it is that, and the reason Ron DeSantis is allegedly removing these people is. Ele uh, I would love to hear my prosecutorial She's discussion. a lawyer, by the way. So why do you think prosecutorial discretion should be a thing? Shouldn't be a thing. And the reason I don't think it shouldn't be a thing is because it allows the prosecutor to basically make a decision on what is prosecutorial. That's probably not a word, but um, what is uh, essentially legal and illegal. So at the end of the day, well, the what law cases means, they're going to take. Yeah. Well, what cases we're going to take. She's a former prosecutor. Former prosecutor. No. Yeah. But there's, there's, I, I, I just, I just don't know if they should. I don't have know how we not, we don't have it. I, guess I can understand. Point. I can understand like, because this, at well, some point hmm. there's going to be a decision as to whether or not to take a case or not. Yeah, and that's going to be based on a myriad of things. Yeah, and that's what philosophy. the Supreme Court ruling talked about. Is it's such a complex issue that prosecutorial discretion is a foundation of that yeah. because you can't really do it. I just don't like the idea of. A, you know, a, an individual having that that basically personal right to essentially decide what is a crime and what. But is they a, do. Yeah. And listen, I've actually yeah. gone after Amira Fox for this on several occasions because of mm. my long term history here as a bicycle and pedestrian safety advocate. Mm -hmm. There's been a very big problem in Lee County with not prosecuting people who are driving in a car versus a person incident because it's actually super hard to prove there's virtually no physical mm. evidence mm. to be able to pin a, a prosecution, pin a, a guilty verdict on mm. a, a car versus a person, because if they're dead or whatever, like it's, it's yeah. just, it's a massive mismatch. Right. Mm. Um, and it's been a huge problem that people in that the bicycle and pedestrian safety community have talked about for a very long time. Yeah. No, and I'm right? a bigger, this is a big, and, and they want to win. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, you know, it's Mira Fox's uh, philosophy has been she wants to win. Of course. Okay. Oh, I mean, that's post And she says this one's going to be hard to prove, so we're not going to take it. Yeah. Which again, I don't think they should. They should. 
be making those decisions on that. They should be, you know, prosecuting as many as they can. And again, that becomes an issue of, you know, resources, which is. Yeah, where's your small government? Yeah, exactly. Once again, once again, those principles versus fiscal conservatism. It's the principles versus Bump up against each other to prove that it's a bunch of bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, great. So that. In other areas, I'm sure. Listen, I, there's this is not even the first time on this podcast that, <laughs> that you're the fiscal conservative stance versus the the principles have butt heads. <laughs> Oftentimes it does that. Okay, so all right, so we both agree that it's not cool to to remove elected people from office just because you know your presidential campaign is failing. Well, just for any for, for any yeah. reason whatsoever. Okay, great. So what else? I'm gonna let you pick if you have something in mind. Do next. I have anything else in mind? Because I have some other things in mind. I can't really think of anything right now. Where's the governor's jet headed? <laughs> There's an app for that. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, the governor's, uh, there is an app yeah, called uh, the, actually it's by Rebecca Jones is putting it out, but it's the, the follow the DeSantis um, jet. And mm. yeah, the Florida taxpayers are paying for the jet and uh, the car that was in a crash <laughs> in Tennessee that Ron DeSantis left the scene of. Oh, yes, I did hear about that. He was in a car crash. Yes, he was in a car crash and left the scene. So might be prosecuted for that. And it will be on the Florida taxpayers' time. Yeah, your, yeah, fiscal, I know that. your fiscal conservative I know. alarm is going on yeah, it's like, no, And this is something I do know that was uh, an issue during the legislative session where they passed something that um, would make it harder for journalists to get information yep. affecting his campaign, which is another issue of transparency, which I don't like. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, Trump indictment. Trump indictment. Is there another one? Is there what? And I thought we already did three. Are there the fourth one's coming? Well, the Georgia one's supposed to be coming down this week. Yeah. You know me. I'm so tired of talking about it. No shit. <laughs> Just someone, We're tired of Trump someone, fucking disrupting our someone, American democratic well, process. I'm very interested but. to see what's going to whether or not they're going to put a gag order on him. This is such a complicated... Well, they did put the protective order on him, so he's not going to have access to any of the sensitive materials in the January 6th case, which Jack Smith, by the way, has put to go to trial mm-hmm. on January 2nd, which will be a fascinating anniversary for the January 6th insurrection. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that means, and they did that because of his threats on Truth Social and the potential that he has to intimidate witnesses. Yes, I, I, I understood... That and I guess he was also trying to, you know, or the potentiality of him sending out information or deleting evidence were all these different things that I heard. Mm-hmm. Um, again, mm-hmm. I am honestly I'm tuned out of it now. I really am. I, I uh, and then I know that they just do. Oh, not- oh, how about the Federalist Society uh, position that Trump is disqualified because of the Fourteenth Amendment because he participated in an insurrection? The Federalist? Yeah. Really? You, huh? Yes, really. Holy crap, that is big. That that's kind of that's like because the Federalists, those are the people who who helped him select the Supreme Court justices. They they're all Federalist people. That's yes, not a good sign for him. Originalists, yeah. and they no, they're, believe that they're the my type of they're my type. And Jonathan Martin's actually a graduate of the Federalist Society oh, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, is so, he? Yep. Who? So const- uh, yeah, they're and they're you know a big constitutionally conservative organization yep. so wow yeah, originalists mm. so yeah so wow so what do you think do you think that's going to hurt if if i, th- I think Trump, they, or you think that for- that's going to be the legal foundation wow. that the republican <laughs> national convention uses to not see trump I once think, he wins the 
I think it's primary. well. I think it, it will be used as an R, R uh, by the RNC for sure. Um, I, we did mention last week that they're considering a rule to ban criminals from or convicted criminals from being uh, the nominee, which again I would support from the standpoint that the Republican Party is supposed to be a party of moral. moral supposed authority. to be a party of law and order. Yep. Sure, I have a lot of criminals. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this answer is. Mm. Mm. No comment. Yeah, and we have we have criminals on both sides. No, there are bad no, people on both sides. Both sides. Oh, yes. I'm throwing the both sides. Speaking of both sides and criminals on both sides, Southwest Florida Congressman Greg Stubbe, otherwise known as the second-rate Bond villain from Sarasota, <laughs> has filed articles of yes, I did hear about this against Joe Biden, mm-hmm. which assert a cavalcade of wrongdoings, everything from drug use to corruption. And then he disappeared for comments all of Friday. What do you think? I have not read his his charges for impeachment. Again, I, I, from my understanding, Kevin McCarthy is going through a very uh, procedural process in order to do this with an impeachment, uh, possibly even impeachment inquiry. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing that Nancy Pelosi was doing, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. You know, they were going slow and then and then they, they started setting it up. I do think we're eventually going to get to a point where we're going to have at least an impeachment inquiry. I don't think it's going to mm-hmm. pass the Senate. Mm-hmm. And I think that these past few impeachments, uh, regardless of your opinions on them, have weakened the power of the impeachment because mm-hmm. they've become too political and too partisan. Yeah, I really think trying to impeach Donald Trump because he led an insurrection <laughs> against January against the U.S. Capitol was a huge, <laughs> a huge political issue. I, and I, I think the fact just, that the president led an insurrection against the U.S. Congress is a actually, much much bigger political. I, I mean, we'll see if he actually gets convicted for leading an insurrection. I don't, I don't think that was his intent to lead oh, an insurrection. I don't. Yeah, it's, I, I was following it all along. That was you, have to prove, you have to prove he was he was doing that. And I think that that's going to be. I think one. they got a lot of proof. So and they have. They actually. Well, the federal, have, yeah, exactly. The federalist thing means nothing if he's not convicted of a crime. But if he's convicted of a crime. Actually, what the statement from the federalist was is that just the implication that he has been involved in an insurrection against the United States was enough to disqualify him. Wow. Yep. But yeah, that will be a, that'll be an interesting move argument. And I think that's what all these other candidates for president are hoping for. So apparently part of the evidence that Jack Smith has is evidence that Donald Trump's lawyers were oh. intricately involved in the coordination of, um, I'm sorry, this was not uh, Jack Smith, but the uh, Fannie Willis in Georgia, but they have evidence that his lawyers were involved in the election fraud scheme there. Yeah, where they were doing what fraudulent electors. I think that's what they're trying well, to Well the fraudulent electors, but also the the influence on the governor and mm. the uh, election overseer there. Well Claire Thomas is a whole other thing. Oh, that's a, yeah there's a whole other thing I was thinking of <laughs> oh, so okay, so now Sean Sad wants to talk about Clarence Thomas. All right, so uh, what about uh, what about uh, your well, friend Clarence Thomas? Well, I who think... I've met, by the way. Really? And if you have any any doubt about what Anita, Anita Hill said in her uh, hearing uh, for Clarence Thomas when he was getting confirmed to the Supreme Court, you should not have any doubt. He exudes sexual harassment with every word that he says. Okay. I say that as like when I was a super hot 20-year-old in Venom. Okay. <laughs> anyway, 
so I, I find it interesting that you brought up. So we've been doing the GOP training. Um, and I'm part of that GOP training every week where we're training our, our members, making sure they know what, what their responsibilities are. And we talk about some of the political issues or talk about some of the aspects of, of government. And there's a part of the lesson where our vice chair talks about how Supreme Court justices, a lot of people think they're chosen for life, which is effectively true, but technically they're chosen until uh, for good behavior. So they can be removed, of course, if they're if they're experiencing bad behavior. And I've just been finding it funny that we've been. That's not true. That's not true. OK, Why is it not? <laughs> they could be impeached. Yes, that's what I meant. Yeah, they could be impeached, but they're they're selected for life. Their term is for life. Yeah. No, they can resign ahead true. of time. What? Yeah. yeah, but I think. Yeah, but that's what she says. And I, I kind of agree. I have to reread the exact provisions of Article 3, but I'm pretty sure you're, you're right. But, but um, the point being, though, is that I don't know if we want to bring that up when we not only have Clarence Thomas with serious accusations of bribes, but Samuel Alito also mm -hmm. came out. So that's two conservative justices that if we're talking about good behavior, it's not good behavior to be bribed. And I think that's a very serious issue. It's not good behavior to be bribed. That's yeah. very... I you heard it here first. Um, I'm taking I'm taking the bold stance that bribery is not good. <laughs> so there's actually the ethics committee. Uh, there, well, there in the judiciary committee in the in the House, they are trying to put together ethics standards for the Supreme Court. Mm. And Alito punched back on that, saying that there's actually no capacity that Congress has to of oversight over the Supreme Court. No, that's that, that makes absolutely no sense. Uh -huh. I think that that. The Supreme Court, when you actually look at the Article 3, it's probably the weakest defined. It doesn't even define mm -hmm. that there has to be nine justices there. There used to be right? seven before. We could absolutely have more justices. justices. So the, the fact of the matter is, is the Supreme Court um, is subject to congressional legislation. Yeah, it's called checks and balances. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. Exactly. That's elementary separation of powers guys like yeah and yeah and and he's just saying that he doesn't want the oversight all right so let's talk about something a little bit uh, yes i know you i figured you want to talk about this too i just see this on your screen i actually spoke to jonathan about this quote so he thinks it's a definite misinterpretation okay. and chris himself was not there you heard it from multiple so people. let me so this is in case you haven't seen it you can go to my instagram this is a um <laughs> An alleged quote. It's so it's in it is a, it, a it's a ver, not verbatim, okay, but it's an interpretation of what Jonathan Martin had said. It's on my uh basically saying that if you can't afford your house because of the increase in insurance costs, you mm -hmm. should just move. Yeah. So when I and I and when I saw that, I would immediately like message like, what's the context of this? Where was this? And then I asked Chris as well, like you know, where he got it as well. And it, you know, so he heard it apparently was at the UPAC. Uh, that morning. Yeah. It was Kerry um, Lerner, who was the Democratic Party chair, who was there, and there are several other people there that corroborated. Mm. Not, not the, I added the don't count on me part, okay, because so I was trying to be pithy, but yeah. <laughs> the essence of the quote with, with him saying, it, honestly, I put it, I was sit, putting it on Twitter saying it, this is his let them eat cake moment. Yeah. Jonathan Martin so, thinks that if you can't afford your house because the Republicans have fucked you over with the insurance, you should just move. Just so, move. So just here, move your house. here's just the, move. no big deal. Here's the funny thing about Jonathan Martin. He is professionally someone who sues insurance companies for a living. He's not the uh, 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 fan of the insurance companies. And when I was speaking to him, actually. Well, that's not what his uh, financial records say. He's oh. a big fan of the insurance companies. Well, that, okay. They put thousands of dollars into his campaign. Interestingly yeah. enough, he raised $120,000 well, in I don't 2022. Know. He, he had no opponent. 
Jonathan Martin won his seat in April, right after he filed, because there was no Democratic opponent, there was no Republican opponent, there was no write-in. Jonathan Martin won his seat. It was and technically he, a write-in, but it wasn't a small write-in. It didn't matter. So he won a hundred. He raised one hundred twenty thousand dollars, including several thousand dollars from insurance companies. So, so tell me, tell me that what they bought. What did they buy? <laughs> well, what did all those people well, putting money into According his to Jonathan buy? Martin, they bought they bought a cow. Because he, according to Jonathan, he is proposing, he is writing and drafting legislation that will put a cap on insurance cost and price increases. So that might be, I don't know if that's what they intended to buy, but that's what they bought. Well, we'll look forward to that. And I do look forward to that. I think it's a very good proposal. In this case, what Jonathan told me, and again, I wasn't there, so I don't even know. So what Jonathan told me is he was speaking in the context of his own self, where he was moving. And he wasn't providing any additional, like specific recommendations or policy points. That was not the interpretation of right. other people there. And it was very callous. And it shows that he's actually not somebody who gives a shit about people because he mm. never had to campaign and he never had to be accountable for anything. That, so I see, actually I actually agree with you there. Senator you know. Martin, mm. if he wants to exonerate himself and prove that this was a misinterpretation, go ahead and give us the tape. Find the tape. Let us know what you really said, because everybody was that was it. there, I don't know who was recording it there, but if he was an actually a person who gave a shit about what he said and his integrity for the people that he represents, he would be interested in not just, oh, I didn't say that, because here we have other people who disagree. And let me tell you the anger that this aroused, because people in the state of Florida are getting dropped by their insurance company. They are getting priced out. They are having, you know, you know. 800% increase in prices. And yeah. by the way, our the, the last resort, Citizens Insurance, is bankrupt. Yeah. So how are we supposed to live here when, by the way, mm. we have county commissioners in this county who continue to green light building in flood zones. They tried to green light Captiva adding, South Seas adding additional height mm. and density. They green lighted Greenwell building in a uh, yeah. an A flood zone, an evacuation zone on his land that he greenlighted after he yeah, was elected that was to, a, to the county commission. Mm, so I want to know what it, the audaciousness that he has to say something that even sounds remotely like he's telling people just to eat cake, okay, is offensive. So again, I don't think that was what he said. Again, I wasn't there. Um I hope that there's still a debate because I know there's been talks about the debate between. Chris yeah, and I'd Jonathan, love to have Jonathan. And I think come we need to, to have debate. that discussion in the debate on the debate stage. But um, I don't oh, think Jonathan oh. is the, is is a fr uh, or if he is bought bought by insurance companies, they got a bad purchase with the legislation that he seems to be proposing, and we'll see exactly. Well, in the, the future, yeah. we'll look but forward right. to him having integrity. But I but I will agree with you on, on one thing, which is which is what's been going on with our with uh, property insurance and homeowners insurance down here has been a disaster. And it is um, a, a fault of uh, our side not doing enough. And that is definitely something we've dropped the ball on. And I think we need to at the very- <laughs> Okay, listen, I, I love that you said it like that because it really gives the Republicans a benefit of the doubt. But the very first thing that passed through the Florida legislature this year was a bill that yeah. made it more difficult to sue your insurance company. Yeah, when which I thought was stupid. I thought was it stupid. Was, well, right and, after and, and I will that, say, and I haven't uh, uh, checked this, but Jonathan Martin said he was only one of four Republicans that voted against it. And if he did, he thank did not, you. No, I don't think he did. Well, that's what he said. And I don't care either way because um, that is the first thing, the first agenda item yeah. that was passed, which shows who the Republicans are really playing for. And mm -hmm. that is for their insurance donors. Yeah. Okay. I will. Uh, yeah. That was not a good one. I'll just, just leave it at that. <laughs> And, okay. and it's and it's 
because it, it hurts consumers. It hurts right. the people that you're supposed to be protecting. Absolutely. And this is, of course, a very big issue where all these different corporations purchase politicians and yep. they normally do, I think it's what, three to one Republican and Democrat. They buy both sides, but most of the time, you know, they give more money to Republicans. Yeah, nobody likes corporate Democrats either. Yeah, no, of course not, no. So, no, because they are the same, but they're a very small minority, but they are a powerful minority even here in the state of Florida. I don't know okay, if they're that small of a minority, but you have in a lot more Florida, prominent. And you have a lot of prominent corporate. <laughs> you do have a lot of prominent non-corporate Democrats. And Debbie Wasserman Schultz is Debbie, one of them. Yeah, um, I mean they control the party, which is unfortunate, but that's why they're, Most they're of the Democrats in Congress. I would say are corporate Democrats. I think they're Democrats in the state legislature. I, mean, I don't know. I would have to except ask. for maybe Maxwell Frost. You know, probably. I don't know where he, you know, he was getting, he was getting Bernie dollars to win his primary. Of course, of course. Yeah, he got, he got, he got all of that. And he's... But this is why, you know, when I ran, I pledged to not take any corporate PAC mm -hmm. dollars. And this is basically a standard for progressive candidates, on yeah. whether they're congressional or, or down ballot. Um, and yeah, let's just get money out of politics because it's horseshit. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you there. I think that's the one thing that you can get some agreement from the left and the right is there's too much corporate interest um, from both sides that are trying to basically create let's, policy. Let's get back to working work. for the people, exactly. for the everyday people and work for your constituents, right? Like, why is that such a crazy idea? Jonathan Martin didn't even have to meet anybody. Ron DeSantis, you know, did a little thing. They, he elevated Ray Rodriguez, who had been the state senator. They elevated him to the board of governors because mm. yeah. Ray Rodriguez was the head of the Senate redistricting committee and greenlighted the special set during the special session the congressional map that Ron DeSantis had put forth that incredibly gerrymandered the state that disenfranchised black voters. Yeah. And because Ray Rodriguez checkmarked that, he got a, a nice sweet job mm. at the board of governors. And all they did on the very last day of qualification is swap in Jonathan Martin. That is so. So, yeah, so just so everyone actually understands what happened, because there was a lot, I was involved uh, a little bit with the internal drama involved in that. So they basically appointed Ray Rodriguez like a week before qualification ended. Jonathan Martin immediately filed. He was immediately endorsed by Ron DeSantis. No, 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 no. Oh, was it? it wasn't immediate. It wasn't. Listen, because I was watching it because I had people that I was trying to run in that race. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't public. And it happened the last day, the Friday, the last day oh, yes. of qualification in April And so Tara Jenner, who we were talking about, she's our right. current vice chair. She had actually, right before that, had sued Jonathan Martin because she let, there was a situation where Jonathan was trying to stop her son from reporting the meeting and... During the, because he was the lead GOP chair. He was at the time the chairman of the Lee County Republic, the Lee County GOP. Uh, her son was recording, which they didn't want, and he was trying to shepherd him out and apparently touched him, and that was a show of force, and she was suing him for that. So she tried to run. She had actually had, had someone uh, fly her to Tallahassee to file on that day to get into the race. And then she was disqualified, and I forgot exactly why, but they disqualified her for some reason. And the whole thing was really shady. I think probably I mean, because they, they, had, I to say be, this I they is, had to be on at noon, yeah, and not like five yeah. p.m. or something. So, and I and I love John Jonathan. We, we go way back. We're very good friends. But yeah, the way it, he started out his campaign was very, very shady. Yeah, um, it's what would be called um, corruption. <laughs> I would. And, and nepotism. I mean, it's, he was a buddy of a buddy, and he was a DeSantis backer, and he got the, oh, got yeah. the placement. A lot, lot, lot of that, that cronyism going on. Yeah. Um, not, nothing new in political history, unfortunately. 
No, and nothing new in Florida. I mean, in fact, it's it's incredibly endemic here and it's disgusting. And it's one of the leading reasons why I've been involved in politics. I mean, actually the leading reason. It was because the dumbest people I knew were in charge and they were giving to their friends. And I could, That's so true. That's one of the I reasons. I couldn't stand it anymore. And this is one of the reasons I actually really like this doing this podcast is because and and I love my my fellow Republicans, but I can't really talk conservative policy with them sometimes because it's 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 you know they're not there for the policy; they're oh. there for the fight. Speaking of dummies, um, oh <laughs> let's just just before we go, Ryan yeah. Hammond, oh, what? resigning what? from his oh, position yeah. on the uh, as CEO and president of the Greater Fort Myers Chamber of Commerce. Brian Hammond is the county commissioner for Lee County, mm. and he was supposed to recruit himself if any of the members of the chamber came forward with a uh, bid or a contract that was supposed to be approved by the county commission, but there were numerous, apparently, mm. that he sat and voted on. What do you uh, think about all that? So uh, I honestly, I, I was kind of uncomfortable from the get-go from him getting the greater greater Fort Myers Chamber of Commerce job. I thought that was too... I thought that was too much of a, a bridging of, of public-private, um, and they're just created a, a ripe opportunity for corruption and, Absolutely. and conflicts of interest. Absolutely. So I I wasn't, and again, um, me and Brian go way back. We're good friends as well, but I just I didn't really feel super comfortable with it. Um, I'm glad he resigned. I'm not glad that's the reason that he's saying. Apparently, his father. Yes, apparently is sick. his father is sick, and we do and so hope we, that his father and him are, are doing well. And, yeah. And so our thoughts okay. and prayers are definitely with the Hammond family right now. I again, my my comfort level is basically on um, that. That's the merging of two things that should be separate. You know, the Chamber of Commerce and the businesses there come come be in front of the County Commission, just like our Cape Coral Chamber of Commerce comes in front of the city council. I wouldn't be too comfortable if Donna Germain, who's the president of the Chamber of Commerce, ran for and was elected to the city council and retained her position as president of the Chamber of Commerce. I think that's that's too much of a conflict of interest. I do think that, you know, obviously council members and commissioners should be involved and connected with Chambers of Commerce to understand business issues and sure you know. but let's be fair because the county commission is paid at like hundred thirty five thousand oh, dollars yeah. a year it's expected to be a full-time job with that kind of salary yeah. okay I don't, so yeah, why does he even need double dipping for another six-figure salary is just ridiculous yeah and i can tell you as a professional in this area i am more than tired of seeing that i'm more than tired of people getting retirement pension from one place moving down here and taking a high-level job mm-hmm. to just coast in as their sunset career yeah. Um, not that that's actually not what Brian Hammond is doing, but it, this is kind of part of what yeah, is the culture of, here. And we get a lot of people who are, who are candidates and in, in higher in office, and once they they'll move down here, a carpet bag, run for office down here, and then um, try to get a try. His name Stevenson and Fort O'Connell, and <laughs> we had Dan Bongino that one time. Fuck Dan Bongino. <laughs> My favorite thing is every time that Dan Bongino is trending. I'd like to point out that I got more votes than him when he was a carpet beggar here in Florida. <laughs> are the Democrats running anyone for Congress this year? Do you know? You're not running, are you? I'm not running. I'm running other candidates. Yeah, you, well, you're, you're, you're managing. I do know that, but I don't know if they were going to be running anyone in the House or they're just going to. Yep. Okay, cool. All right. I'm excited to see. We're actually looking at putting a full slate of Democrats out. Oh, I, I'll be honest. I enjoy it when you guys do that. It makes it more fun for me. 
I, just, I, I enjoy, <laughs> and the reason that I, you know, so the, the the meme that we put out about about Jonathan Martin was actually I posted and created for my candidate Chris Broya. Just full 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 exposure on that, um, and uh, it made me really happy because a lot of times. Republicans strategize by ignoring Democrats. And he responded and we made him respond and we got people to be aware of what's mm -hmm. going on. We got people to be aware of his uh, financial record and uh, made him respond. And so I'm I'm happy with that. Like, yeah. I think that that's what needs to happen because that's actually accountability in a democracy. And that's the end of our show. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And thank you to my family, of course, for being here Thanks and supporting everybody. me. Uh, and for all these people over here playing darts. And next week, next week you should come and join us. So yeah, we, we, we're here every week at 4.30. So yep. if you ever, ever want to. Come at 4, grab Sunday, a drink, have some every fun. Every Sunday at 4.30. They're shooting darts here, listening to yeah. us gab on. So it's a lot of fun. usually Mar-a-Lago, but we came here today. Woo! Oh, yeah, good, yeah. come on. We're better than Mar-a-Lago, trust me. <laughs> Unfortunately, though, we don't have any secret documents for you. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm not that connected. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you to Ollie's. Come and check them out. And uh, if you enjoyed this session, we would love to have you become a subscriber. Go to BigMouthMediaFL.com. Become a subscriber for $4.99 a month or $49.99 a year. And we will send you this podcast as well as the whole video edited video right in your mailbox mm -hmm. in your inbox and you can support all of our big mouth media shows for $19.99 a month and you'll get all of that as well as our articles sent directly to your inbox and you help to keep independent media alive mm -hmm. so i have been your democrat dr cindy banyan and i am of course your republican sean hartman <laughs> and we'll see you next time see you next on week. the democrat <laughs>